0: there And welcome to the Special Story Podcast. I'm Sharon. I'm Steve. And we are just talking about our experiences raising kids with special needs. Okay, so we're back. <laughs> so if anybody was confused by the last episode, which was published in like mid-November, that was recorded before. It was recorded like the week before Halloween. And then I guess when you start with iTunes, I mean, nobody really cares about this, but it takes a couple, it takes a little while to actually get them published and up to up on the site. So anyway, if you were wondering why you were hearing about Halloween in an episode that was published in mid November, just know that we recorded it in late October.
1: <laughs> and now we're a few days away from Thanksgiving.
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah. I know it's getting ridiculous. Okay. Before we move on to Thanksgiving, do we want to recap the Halloween Yes, Yes. Really I felt like it That's went so really well um, I'm gonna put some pictures up like just I mean these are literally just pictures I snapped with my iPhone so they're nothing special but I'll just put up some pictures like we had everybody over we got the spider web up in the tree that was very important
1: again yeah, when we say everybody over we're, we're very blessed we have so many of our siblings my parents Sharon's yeah. parents are, are every—you know within an hour and people just, they you know, they back up their kids and they head yeah. on over. No one's no one's closer than 25 minutes. Right. So, and they just show up and, and they, came, all these yeah. cousins and aunts and uncles and grandparents. Yeah, it was really it was fun. Just, it's really neat.
0: We did this whole trick-or-treating thing with just this, like, horde of kids. Yeah. And I just, I feel like that's how trick-or-treating should be. I mean, when you watch Charlie Brown, I mean, you see the horde. Yeah. And they're just going door to door. And I feel like that's what we had.
1: And it was, the weather this year was was wonderful it was nice and, cl- and warm and um, yeah so yeah it was it was a um, very very nice night and the kids had a ton of fun and
0: yeah it was so fun so steve and i we so our family we did steve was um han solo i was princess leia max was a stormtrooper and lulu i am pleased to tell you was baby Yoda, yeah, cute. <laughs> it was yeah. so cute for a little while. <laughs> I think so. This year, we kind of planned the whole Halloween costume around what Max wanted because he's the currently the most particular one in our family, and none of the rest of us really cared. But I will say, when we were at Target and we walked by all those princess costumes, Lulu was like, Wow, and she's like pointing to all of them. <laughs> so, I don't know if we're gonna be able to do a group one next year because I'm pretty sure Lulu's gonna want to do princess. And I'm pretty sure that Max is not going to want to do anything having to do with princesses. But we'll just cross that bridge when we come to it. But anyway, no, it was great. The kids came back after um, after we did trick-or-treating. They all went downstairs to our – we have, like, a playroom in the basement. And they did, like, a whole candy exchange down here, which freed up all the adults to sit out in our driveway where we had put – like, we put, like, our – we moved our fire pit from the back of the house to the front and then we put chairs all around it we have all i mean as you all know we have our halloween twinkle lights up yeah. so it's just it was it was fun so everybody's sitting festive, around the yeah. fire and then we just give out candy to trick or treaters as they came so anyway it was it was awesome it was great and now basically we're we are on to thanksgiving cuz halloween's over and yeah. thanksgiving's in like a week
1: and it snowed today
0: and it snowed today which is really blowing my mind yeah. so for virginia this is like unbelievable Very weather up, Yeah. But um, we won't be here for a snowy Thanksgiving because we are going to South Carolina for Thanksgiving.
1: Yeah, we're, we're excited about that. We're changing things up. We, usually were, we stay local. And again, we have yeah. so much family here, but we I do have one brother that is not in Virginia, and he's in South Carolina with his family. And yeah. So um, we've been wanting to visit them, and yeah. there's other things down that way and, and that we've wanted to, to check out as well. So.
0: Yeah, well, we're going to Charleston first, which Mm -hmm. we've always talked about wanting to go to. And while we are there, one of the highlights that I'm going to make sure that we hit is going to Biddy and Bo's coffee shop, which is in Charleston. And that is, I mean, for those who don't know, that's a coffee shop, which was started by, I think her name is Amy Wright. She has her two kids with Down syndrome, Biddy and Bo. But she started the coffee shop and basically she hires people with special needs. So she has people with Down syndrome. She has people with other developmental or intellectual disabilities. But basically she's employing all of these adults who otherwise might not have jobs. And yeah. anyway, it's just, but the whole experience, from what I've heard, the whole experience of the coffee shop is amazing. Yeah. Like I've just heard it's really fun. You go in and it's just, it's just very warm, very welcoming, just really, a really, really fun atmosphere. And she was actually awarded the 2017 CNN hero of the year which I feel like is a really big honor. Like that's a big deal. Yeah. So anyway, when I put the pictures from our Halloween party on our website, which is specialstory.com, I will also include, and I'll put a link to our website in the show notes too. um, But I'll also include a link so that you can watch this video of her getting awarded. And just like the speech she gave, like I had tears in my eyes when she was giving that, that, that um, speech when she received the award, it was just, I feel like, the whole thing's amazing. So anyway, I can't yeah. I can't wait to go and see the shop and everything like that.
1: Yeah, so that'll be great. We'll be heading out a few days here and have a good vacation down in South Carolina. Charleston, and get to see our my brother and his awesome family, and next yeah. thing you know, we'll be in early December.
0: I know, I know it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I know
1: you already you're already. Uh, oh, we're listening to down. Christmas music, you're listening everyone. To Christmas music, and you're taking down.
0: It's the 15th of November. Yeah. Yeah. We have the Christmas, but I mean, if it's snowing, what else are you going to do? Yeah, it was... Are you going to sit here and sing songs about the turkey in no. the snow? No. no. I mean, get me Mariah Carey. (laughs) If it's snowing, then I'm not going to listen to anything else, but all I want for Christmas is to do.
1: yeah, and bang, and, you know. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. The classics,
0: but come on, let's be honest. Follow Mariah
1: Carey.
0: (laughs) Okay. So anyway, so I think today we wanted to talk a little bit about just navigating the whole diagnosis. So I think we talked a little, we kind of touched on last week, kind of getting the diagnosis in the hospital. But I think actually one thing that we did not bring up is that... So I think what we said, which is what the doctor said to us, was we think she has Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason... And they phrase it that way very specifically because Down syndrome is diagnosed via a blood test. So it's it's not just something that a doctor is going to look at and be like, yeah, mm-hmm. here you go. Here's your official diagnosis. So what they told us in the hospital was you should operate as if she definitively has down syndrome like they were very they were. All, they said we're as certain as we can be without a blood test mm-hmm. but they kept telling us and actually the same doctor who originally said we think that she has down syndrome he actually kept telling us when she was in the NICU for the next couple of days he kept telling us I think maybe as a way to kind of soften the blow he mm-hmm. kept telling us she may not have Down syndrome. I mean, you never really know un- until the blood work yeah, comes back. Yeah, definitely
1: remember that. Yeah.
0: So you know, it, it was definitely on our mind that even though they're telling us she probably has Down syndrome, oh, there's always a chance that she could not. But mm-hmm. at the same time, they were kind of telling us, especially the nurses and the um, pediatrician that we met with at the hospital. He was like, "You need to operate like she does." So, mm-hmm. so we're in the hospital and we're setting up follow-ups for cardiology. I'm setting up follow-ups for the pediatrician. They're giving me sheets on what she needs to get screened for. So we're, like, all in. Mm-hmm. We're in that full mode of just operating like she has it. Right. But the truth is that while she's there, they actually did draw blood. And they sent it off to the lab. And, of course, just, like, everything with the lab, it's, like okay, we'll be we sent it off to the lab. We'll call you in a week. Right. Like, it's not like this is important or going to change your life or anything. We'll call you in a week. Yeah. So.
1: No promises. And, and <laughs> yeah. we're kind of like...
0: Yeah, it's just funny. Now that I'm in the medical world now, I just, I'm always like, now I know everything takes a week. Mm-hmm. Nothing takes less than a week. It doesn't matter. I mean, it doesn't matter what it is. But anyway, at the time I was just like, oh, great, a week. Great. It's not like we're going to sit around and think about this all day and all night for a oh, week. Yeah. But at any rate, we went home. And, you know, we kind of got back into our no- normal routines. We started doing follow-ups, et cetera. And then, I mean, I, I feel like I will remember this moment really vividly, like for the rest of my life. I, I'll never forget. I'm sitting at the kitchen counter in our old house talking to Steve and, all, and the phone rings and he picks up and he whispers to me, it's the lab. And they're calling us with basically the definitive results of, this, of the blood work that they've done. So this is it. Mm -hmm. It is funny. It's like they just call you. Like you don't, I know prenatally it's totally different, but for us anyway, it's like they just, it's just the lab. It's not even your doctor. It's literally just the lab. Mm -hmm. So Steve's on the phone. So he's the one actually talking to them and I'm just watching him. And it was just, I felt like I was having an out of body experience. Like, I mean, if you've ever seen the movie Sliding Doors, it's like that one moment where it's like you see both of your futures. And that was how I felt. Like I'm I'm watching him talk on the phone. And I think when I was in the hospital, I just really got I got into this groove of like, okay, she has Down syndrome. We're moving forward with that. We're doing all this stuff. But it was like all of a sudden when he was on the phone, it was like I, I just I literally just thought to myself, they might say no. Mm-hmm. They might say, Oh, it was just a mistake. Oh, she 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 really doesn't have it. All right. So I just all of a sudden it's like I see these two futures running in parallel. Literally, like in the movie. Like on On the one side of my mind, it's like I see her I see them telling us, oh she she doesn't have Down syndrome it was just it was just a mistake. and I see her going to high school and I see her going to college. and I see this whole experience that we've just been through for the past week and a half just being one of those weird stories that you tell every once in a while. like do you remember how weird, like how chaotic her birth was, like when they thought she had Down syndrome, but then, of course, everything turned out, that, you know she didn't have it it's like I see this whole thing mm-hmm. like I just see it I you know like I see her growing up with all these friends because me and every other mom that I knew had a baby in the year of 2015 so it was like I just see her oh, I yeah. see her being best friends with all these kids and then it's like on the other hand at the same time just in parallel I can see her having down syndrome and I still see high school and I still see college and I still see all those things but it's a lot fuzzier I don't know exactly how it's going to work. I don't know how exactly she's going to do. I don't know. I'm sure she'll have friends, but I don't know exactly who they are or what kind of friendship she'll have. I just don't know. And so it's like, I just see these two. I've just, I've never had an experience like that where Mm. you just, it's like your mind is splitting because you're living in this moment that you know is just, it's a life altering moment. And you just know that whatever way it goes, there's no going back. Mm Mm-hmm. So then Steve got off the phone. So this all happens in the span of like five seconds. I just I see these two futures. I see them running side by side, and all of a sudden it just occurs to me like you know that this could really go. It could honestly go either way. Mm -hmm. And then he gets off the phone and he says, "Yeah, they said she had Down syndrome." And and it just it felt so final. Mm -hmm. Not I, I don't even want to say it felt final in a bad way. It just felt really really. I I think life altering is the only way to put it you Mm -hmm. know it just it felt like this is something that you know there's no going back from Yes. you know this is something that you know there's a
1: definite path that you're on now
0: yeah a definite kind of kind of unknown path Mm -hmm. you know so yeah I mean I think I just kind of thought like yeah all all those doctor's appointments because in that split second I thought oh my gosh if she doesn't have it I'll just call these doctors and say oh we don't need these appointments anymore we don't need to screen her thyroid. She's not at risk for thyroid mm-hmm. anymore. We don't need to screen her vision. She's not at risk for vision issues anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, But all of a sudden, it's like, okay, everything's back on. The doctor's appointments are back on. The therapy is back on. Everything is it's, it's on and it's happening. Um, and I just think it's, The diagnosis is something, it sits with you in a way that I think that as parents, you don't often sit with things like that. Like, this isn't like the best example, but like if your child gets sick, let's say your child has a stomach bug, you immediately just start going through, okay, here's what I need to get. You know, I'm going to go out and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get ibuprofen and I'm going to get, you know, Pedialyte and I'm going to get washcloths and I'm going to get new bedding or whatever. I'm just going to get everything ready. You get everything ready so that you can get through it. If your kid has an ear infection, I feel like the first thing you think when the doctor tells you your kid has an ear infection is, "Okay, well, where's where? What pharmacy am I going to go to on the way home? Mm-hmm. You know, like what's the closest pharmacy? Which one has the drive so that it makes it easy for the child so they don't have to get out of the car?" And it's like you are just always in like planning mode. Or even you know like what I mean?
1: yeah, as a like a as a young mom or young parents, even when you don't know the answers, what do you do? You you, you often call your mom. Yep. Yeah. Or you you text. Or chat with one of your sisters or sister-in-law yeah. or whoever, but yeah. even when you don't know the answer, you just know someone else definitely knows the answer, and there's yeah. just this peace of mind. There's just this, right? Okay, this is this is pretty routine. This is pretty typical stuff, and
0: right. You know, we'll, and you, you kind know, of, we'll deal with it. You know how to get to the other side of this yeah. thing, and I think the big difference with getting a diagnosis like this is that there there really is no other side. Like I'm just saying that there are parts of Down syndrome that make her life harder. And there is no fixing that. Mm -hmm. The fact that she's at risk for more things, you know, she's at risk for more medical issues or the fact that she's had more medical issues than your typical child, I can't fix that. Mm -hmm. And when you get that diagnosis, you know, you know that you can't fix that part of them. You know that you can't fix the fact that things are going to be harder for them. And that's hard as a parent. It's hard to know that things are going to be hard for your child and not, and not be able, like, it's something that you really just have to internalize and accept because, there's really no getting around it, you know. That
1: reminds me, like we would talk, we would talk to my brother Pat and his wife Jill. Yeah. Because their their son, their youngest boy, John Paul, has also has um, some special needs for you know some severe yep. special needs, and so um, and they'd have to go to the hospital a lot, yeah, on a moment's notice. Yep. And I remember just you know saying, "Gosh, you know, you know, how did you guys do this?" And you know. We know it's this is hard for us, but we, I, the the frequency that you guys are traveling to the hospital and just the uncertainties you guys were dealing with, and
0: yeah,
1: all the things that you know. And, and I remember Jill saying something to that effect of, "You just once you embrace it, yeah, you, know, you need to embrace it, and once yeah. you embrace it, um, things get, I don't want to say get easier, but but she, I, it was nice to have them because they had this 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 wisdom, and we've met several right. other families, and they've been able to impart some wisdom and some experience and some reassurance,
0: right." Um, so. Well, it definitely changes. It changes your perspective and it changes your expectations. And I think that is important. But I think in that moment when you're trying to under, you're trying to deal with the diagnosis, like, you know, when I talked about the fact that a lot of people have grief when they get that diagnosis or even the fact that I, you know, I didn't have grief and I don't think most parents have grief about their baby. Mm -hmm. I'm not like, oh, I have grief that I have Lulu. Like I love Lulu. I've always loved Lulu. Lulu. But it's that grief of knowing as a parent that you can't make things easier for your child. I mean, you can. You can do everything. You can do all the therapy. And we do. We do. We do all the therapy. We do everything we can do. But at the end of the day, it's, she is going to have to push herself so much harder than everyone else.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And
0: that is hard. Like, I think that, you know, those first couple months, were really busy for us after we got the diagnosis. And then she spent the first winter. So she was born in July. And then once like November, December hit, she start, she actually got really sick, which we'll talk about in more detail in a different podcast. So I almost didn't have time to really, really process things. But around a year, once she was kind of past that first winter, I remember it really hitting me when every other, so every other kid who was born in 2015, just like Lulu, They all started walking Mm -hmm. and it was this physical, tangible thing that I could see that every other child, all of a sudden they're walking and it's so easy. Mm -hmm. Like it just, it blew my mind. I was like, this is, I mean, I, I told one of my friends, I'm like, this is like magic. Mm -hmm. I I don't think that you all understand that it is like magic that your child is, is just, they just, they just walk. Mm -hmm. They just walk. They just, they intrinsically know what to do. Mm -hmm. Like we didn't really teach Max to walk. Mm -mm. We didn't even really teach him. That child just walked by himself
1: and it sounds like of course yes of course of course. And except when, that once, you have, once child, you have a child with down yeah.
0: syndrome you're like how did you do that mm-hmm. how did you literally just pick yourself up and start walking and in a year mm-hmm. it just or or you know or even 15 months or 16 months or whatever it was but it was just like i think those were the moments when it just really hit me hard because i, I was like for lulu it's been such a challenge just to get her healthy you know, for a lot of the first year of her life, we weren't even thinking about walking or sitting or anything. We were literally just thinking about how do we get this child back to a healthy, stable condition, you know? And how do so we avoid like, going
1: to the hospital? How do we avoid going How's to the hospital? We were, that's been our mode for yeah. a lot of our life. How do we avoid yeah. the next hospital visit?
0: Yeah, exactly. But then to see all the – it was. I think it was really the first time that you could start to see the other kids do things or kind of pass her by. So do things a lot faster than she was doing them. And so it became really real that it's like she's falling behind. And again, I think in situations where you don't have a child with special needs, you almost have this comfort in the back of your mind that you don't even know you have, where you think to yourself, well, they'll they'll get past it. They'll catch up. And when you have a child with special needs, it's almost like you don't have that luxury because you know that it's like like with Lulu, the truth is that the gap between her and her peers we will push her as hard as we can to keep up with her peers. We will always do that. But as she gets older, the gap will widen. Mm-hmm. Like she's, you know, she fell behind when she started walking late. And it's like the, the actual reality of the situation is that she probably never will quite catch up. Mm-hmm. You know, like she's, you know, like it does, it just the gap widens. Mm-hmm. And the thing is that that's okay. She doesn't have to be with all of her peers. But when it comes to really accepting the diagnosis, that's part of what you have to accept Mm -hmm. is that you have to be okay with the fact that this is this is Lulu and she is not going to be exactly the same as everyone else. And it's like, I don't know, for me, I think when I started to see all those really physical signs, those physical milestones, milestones, by the way, that I didn't even care about. Like I didn't care when Max walked. I didn't even know. I don't even remember when he walked. I think it was around 13, You could 14 ask months. that I and mean, be
1: like, I don't, we just, I don't know.
0: We're not, like, I'm not a huge milestone person. Like, I'm not really anal about hitting milestones. But I think it was just the knowledge that, because it, it's underlying and it's underscoring this idea that life is hard for her and that she has to work harder. And I wish that that weren't true. I wish that she could have the amazing personality that she has and every wonderful aspect of having Down syndrome and there's so many parts of her having Down syndrome that I love without all the challenges Mm -hmm. and so I think like you know there's I think there's just a part of you that has to you just have to kind of internalize it and take it in and just tell yourself like you know what that you know it's okay that that I feel there it's okay that I feel sad about parts of this. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Cause mm-hmm. it's, again, it's not the child that I feel sad about. It's the fact that things are hard for the child mm-hmm. or even that things are hard for me. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I've definitely gone through periods, especially with Lulu having her medical issues where it's been so isolating for me, mm-hmm. you know, where I just, I feel like I don't see anyone. I don't talk to anyone. And even the people I do see and I do talk to, they don't, they don't really understand Mm -hmm. because they haven't been through it, you know? And there is something so uniting about motherhood, and you've all been through it. You've all been through labor, and you know what that's like. You know, and you've all been through breastfeeding, and you know what that's like. Mm -hmm. But some of the stuff that Lulu's been through, I don't really know anyone else who's been through that, Mm -hmm. you know? Or maybe I, you know, or maybe it is another mom who has a child also with special needs. but, Mm -hmm. But other than that small group, like... It, it can just feel really isolating. So it's like you can feel that grief, not just for your child, but for the fact that things are hard for you, you know? And I think that's just, I think that's just a reality. Yeah. But I think f- one of the
1: lessons that we we are learning and um, reminded is that Lulu has her unique life. Like, and, yeah. and there's some comfort, there's some strange comfort that we take, I think, when when, when things are more typical for our children. Yeah. But it the feels funny, comfortable. It feels comfortable. But the funny thing is, it's like, no, that 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 child has their own unique life as well. Like we want, oh, they're typical. They're the same. They're similar. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're all God's children, but they all have their own life, their own. And then also some some they children don't maybe don't have an obvious special need. Yeah. But when we say things are harder for Lulu, we can see them. There are other children we don't, it's not as easy to recognize what's harder for them. Yeah. And maybe you're not tuning into it. And so it's like the lesson for me has been trying to not just pay attention and celebrate Lulu's uniqueness, but like, oh yeah, isn't everybody a little Mm -hmm. bit unique? And isn't that what you want to kind of understand and be empathetic about? And um, maybe, you know, let's let's not assume just because that Johnny is typical. Johnny may have his own things that he's struggling with, or Susan, mm-hmm. or whoever, yeah. and just kind of kind of be more aware of, you know, right. everybody is unique, everybody has, certainly has challenges, and some of them are not as easy to detect.
0: Right, right. I, I definitely think it does give you a certain sense of empathy for, you know, just, yeah, just the fact that while it's it's easy to, th- or it's not, I don't even want to say easy, but it is comforting to think that, oh, I'll just have a a, you know, a child without special needs and then everything will just be perfect for them. But mm-hmm. no, nobody's life is like that, to be honest. No. Um, but I do think, you know, having said that there is something unique about parenting a child with special mm-hmm. needs. But then on the other hand, I also think that there's a very unique joy that you get from parenting a child with special needs. Like I, I think that I love Lulu in a different way. I'm not going to say I love her more than Max, but I love her with a different intensity. I think that <laughs> which I, I feel like sounds like I'm saying the same thing, but it's it's not. It's just it's just. I think it is different, and I think part of that is because she has had so many challenges. Like, I've never worried about losing Max. I've never had to hold him in my arms and think, "What if I lose you?" Mm-hmm. But I've done that with Lulu. Yeah, and so it's like I feel like the intensity of the love that I have for her is magnified.
1: And kind of correlates to the yeah. needs that she has. Yes, the needs that she has. Yep. For, for you to help with right yes. yeah. you're the mother and yep. there's that additional um uh, that she's looking and depending on you for things that are above and beyond what is typical. Yes. So. yeah definitely
0: mm-hmm. um and i also just feel like you know her and her personality and everything else it's just she has a certain spark about her like it would light up the night yeah. i always say that she could light up the night just her smile, her attitude, just her whole personality. I yeah. mean, she's just, she's got that, that thing, that thing that you can't describe and you can't quantify, but it's just, she's got, she's just so magnetic and she is, she's the toughest kid I know. Yeah. There's so many things that I look at her and I just admire in her that again, it's like, I don't necessarily admire that in other kids because they haven't been challenged in the way that she's been challenged. Like even just when I think about all the work that she put into walking you know, and I see her walking around and she may not be as steady as every other kid, but I feel so much pride when I see her walking because Mm -hmm. I know how hard that was for her. And I just, I know it and I feel it, Mm -hmm. you know, like I feel this, I don't even know what the word is, but I just, I feel this joy that she walks Mm -hmm. in a way that I don't feel that joy when I see Max walking or, or other kids walking because it's not, it's not the same. So Mm -hmm. it's like, it's like, on the one hand, there is, I think there is a certain sense You're of grief that sure, things are hard, but I also think that there's a correlating sense of joy, pride pride in the accomplishments sure. that they have yeah. in, you know, sometimes I just look, you know, we'll talk about the fact that she had open heart surgery, you know, in a later podcast, but sometimes I just look at her, I I don't know, I just, I look at her and I look at her scar and I just think, oh my gosh, like, I can't believe, I can't believe she did it. Yeah. I just can't believe she did it. I can't believe she made it through that, you know, and she made it through really well. Yeah. You know, but it's like, I just. I, the
1: list of things that she's yeah. done really well is, is, is so amazing to us. Yeah. What I think, you know, and we have all these insights, especially you, like you're, you have, your memory's clearer than mine and <laughs> you have way more details and you have yep. way more For insights. the record,
0: Steve was like. Wow, I kind of forgot that whole story of how we got the about, of like they the lab, lab going. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he was like, I didn't even remember yeah, that. Meanwhile, that. it's like seared yeah. into my brain.
1: But what I find also amazing is that people who don't know any of her story, are yeah. very 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 little, if, if you know, just how quickly they are connected to her and oh, yeah. that they are um, moved by her and find you know just just are. Happier to speak mm. to her or watch her, yeah. Um, and that's you know, and not that. that that's with. I mean, that, there's something special about any any two or three year old, or you know, there's something special yeah. across the board for sure. But, but just the the impression that she makes on people
0: mm-hmm. who don't
1: even know yeah. what she's been through, right? Yeah, and don't know how hard she's yeah. had to work yeah. at so many things for her to appear the way she's appearing in terms of right. walking or talking or eating or yeah. cleaning up mm-hmm. and putting things away and yeah. just all these things that she does um, again. So it, it, it's um, there's a, there's a lot that parents have to give and sacrifice and especially the mothers. Yeah. But it is, it is uh, irrefutable how much is returned that uh, is above and beyond yes. that what you, that what you give that yeah. was returned back oh, to gosh, you yeah. and to the people that interact with her. So, yeah. and it's, it is, you just kind of, it's, it's a lot easier to be happy every day, just, just being Mm -hmm. able to interact with that. And I I remember my my brother Patrick saying "Ah, something to the effect of just how much uh, he's, John Paul's changed their family, just changed the way that they see things, the way that they deal with hardships, the way they deal with challenges and how much brighter and happier um, it has and closer their family has become as a result of John Paul. And you kind of hear that a lot, but it's a really kind of observancy. And And then you can get to experience it. We get to experience it in our own house and it's like, wow, it is, It is something, and then often you know, with John Paul and Lulu and so many people, it, it, they seem to be unaware, almost. Of, I mean, at times, uh, totally unaware that life's harder for them, and they're right. the they're the source yes. source of laughter and yes. joy and lightheartedness. Yeah, and Lulu's like that, and John Paul's oh, yeah, like that, Lulu. and so many kids are. So it's yeah. again one of those things you kind of like. Gosh, we make we bring so much seriousness and uh, frustration upon ourselves, and then we well, least, I
0: think it's harder for the parents. I think yeah, no, it's, I'm it's harder for the parents would, yeah. to, to watch it be hard for your child. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah like, for Lulu, she, I mean, her life, I mean, she's got a great life. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. If you see her, I mean, people couldn't believe it after she had surgery. They were like, you just never know that she had open-heart surgery. Because she was just, she just seemed like her normal self. Meanwhile, I felt like I had aged 100 years. Yes. A but that way. is, it's you know, mm-hmm. it is, it's harder. I think it is harder on the parents than it is on the kids, but. It does remind me of that, you know, I, I'm sure everyone who's gotten a Down syndrome diagnosis, I don't know about other other ones, but if you've gotten a di- Down syndrome diagnosis, I can almost guarantee that somebody has sent you the Welcome to Holland story, hmm. which is the story, you know, it's, it's kind of like this metaphor, and the story kind of goes, I'm paraphrasing it, but the story kind of goes that you have been saving and packing and planning this trip to Italy for years. You think you're going to Italy? Pack up all your stuff. You've got your guidebooks and you've got your little, you know, translator, and you've got everything. You've got your you whole, are prepared. Your whole trip is planned out for mm-hmm. Italy. You get on the plane, and then the plane lands, and then you get off the plane, and they're like, "Welcome to Holland." And you're like, "Why? Well, wait, no, no, no! I'm supposed to be over in Italy, Italy. Like, I'm going to Italy." And they they're like, "Oh, no, 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 no! You're like, you're no, you're gonna stay here in Holland." And when you first get there, everything feels so foreign. You don't know the language. You didn't bring a translator for Holland. You don't have any guidebooks for Holland. You don't really know what to do in Holland. Totally um, unprepared. Totally unprepared. Um, and of course, you know the the idea is that that's very similar when you plan to get pregnant, you p- plan to have a baby, you think things are going to go a certain way, and then when you have a child who has Down syndrome or other special needs, you find yourself kind of in this foreign world. Um, but. You know, the story kind of goes on to say that as time goes on, you start to realize that although Holland's different and it's not the same as Italy, it is also, it's wonderful. It's beautiful. You start to appreciate things about Holland that Italy doesn't even have.
1: And nothing that nobody has.
0: That nobody else yeah, has.
1: Yeah, it's not. It's just totally unique yeah. to that.
0: Yeah. And I think when I first, so somebody sent me that that little story when we first had Lulu. And I'll be honest that when we, when I first read the story, I was like... Uh, it didn't really resonate with me, I think, as much. I think because maybe it was so soon, and I couldn't see... I think I couldn't see the differences. Yeah, In the blue. I knew... Right. Because when they're little, they are they are like well, any I mean, other baby. baby yeah. They're just a baby is a baby is a baby. Other than the fact that we were going to, like, a million doctors' boys. But um, I think as she's gotten older, I've started to appreciate it a little more in the sense that I I feel more... Not like I'm in a foreign land, but I see how things are different. I can see more clearly now that Lulu's life will be different. But just like in the story, I think I am, you know, while it does feel foreign, but at the same time, you do realize just what an amazing place you're in. You know, and I feel like that's kind of how we feel about Lulu. You
1: get to continue that discovery. Yeah. Yeah. You don't ever kind of finish or complete
0: that. Yes. It's just funny because like I said, when I first got it, I was kind of like, uh, I guess yeah, but I feel like I identify it's tangible now. I, yeah, I identify with it a lot more now than I even did then. Yeah. So I'll put the link to that little story up also on our specialstory.com website in the show notes if anybody wants to if there's anyone out there who hasn't read this story yet, I just feel like it's so popular I feel like that's impossible
1: and if you're if you can't wait for that, it's special s t o r e y com. Yeah. So you can't wait for the notes. You oh, yes. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. That's
0: true. Yes. Special story and story has an e in it. .com. So, I think that's it for tonight but we are wishing everyone a happy Thanksgiving um, and we will be back next week with some recaps of our travels to South Carolina. We'll let you know we've got an eight-hour car ride each way to get there so we will let you know how that all goes we'll
1: have some updates
0: (laughs) yeah what we won't do to you is we won't actually record any of it for the podcast of our (laughs) children getting yeah telling us a hundred times that they're (laughs) bored and they want snacks and they're bored and they want snacks So until then happy thanksgiving and we'll talk to you next time see ya bye